Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. We are back for another one of our season previews and this time it's turn of the Seattle Seahawks. And with me, our guest for this episode, our Seahawks fan, is a returning guest, someone who's been on multiple times before. We have with me Javan. So first of all, Javan, how is life? Uh, life is, I would say, decent so far. This year has been like really quick, so it's just coming and going, and it's just me just adapting it to all. But um, we're doing a decent job at it, so not too bad. Yeah, I'm not sure the the, the NFL football is going to help you coming up this, this season. Um, it, it won't. So we might have to try our best this year <laughs> to just, I guess, lower expectations. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it now. I mean, ins and outs. I mean, the main ins were. Justin Coleman, Quinton Jefferson, who both return after previous spells. And then also the big one was the trade. Obviously, you got rid of Bobby Wagner the same day, but you traded Russell Wilson away to Denver Broncos. In return, you got Noah Fant, Drew Locke and Shelby Harris. And then in the draft itself, you took offensive tackle Charles Cross, ninth overall. You took 40th overall defensive player Boye Maffey. 41st overall, you took running back Kenneth Walker and then you bought Kobe Bryant in, 109th overall, who they cleverly gave number eight shirt as well, which I quite like. Um, <laughs> they're keeping that sort of Mamba mentality going in, in the Seahawks front office. But as overall for you, Javan, um, how have you found the off-season as a whole? A bit of a mixed bag, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, not much was going to happen with... Because it looked, it, it looked like come the end of last year, it was just going to be the major out of... Russell Wilson looked like. I remember telling you early in the year that it was mainly going to be an ultimatum between who was going to go between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And unfortunately, I wanted Russell to stay personally because I just thought he still has a lot more in the tank in terms of elite QB wise. Whereas for Pete, it just looks like he's coming to the end kind of of his era, and we need to kind of, I guess, shift into a much more. I would say like modern feel, like younger feel across the um, across the office in general. When I look at the top, I guess, franchises now, they're all kind of going to that kind of like more younger, you know, modern look. I'm not saying that we're, you know, getting up. I'm not saying that we're getting ancient, but, you know, judging by how this year looks like now, we're usually in the playoffs every year. And usually Super Bowl contenders, and we're now kind of middle of the middle of the pack, to now probably being arguably probably one of the worst teams in the league. And then you will have you know the situation with DK Metcalf in terms of whether he will stay or not. We've added some people, which I'm a fan of. I like Shelby Harris actually. Um, you know, if you were gonna, you know, if you were gonna get anybody in the Russell Wilson trade, it was, you know, that would be good. But getting Shelby Harris for me is a plus. No, a fan I actually like. He's a prospect, but it's seeing whether he works out under these circumstances in the next year as well. Um, new when you know we add new fr- fresh faces in. Um, I like the fact that um, our running back game surprisingly is I would say pretty good with um, Rashad, but with you know Rashad Penny um, and Kenneth Walker in as well. Um, I think that's um, something that could you know, be in the works instead of adding something new in case, you know, Penny gets hurt or Carson gets hurt. QB is probably the most weirdest spot. I li- literally couldn't tell you who plays, why they play, how they play. 
Um, but we'll get into that later. But I think our off-season, I think it's been a mixed bag, but it easily could have been worse. So I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah, we will get into that quarterback mess in a minute. But before we do that, in terms of Pete Cowell, do you feel that it's going a bit like Arsene Wenger in terms of, I know we're mentioning a different sport here, but in terms of, we saw the end of his time at Arsenal, very much the same in terms of um, going a bit stale. And I feel personally Pete Cowell's offence, I don't think he's really adapted to the modern game. I think he's stuck with that old run first, old school sort of kind of football, where nowadays I think running back, the value of that position is depleted completely. I mean, running backs, their value's so low now. I mean, you rarely see a running back taken in the first round of the draft and you rarely see a big trade for them. Even the highest paid running backs are nowhere near what the highest paid wide receivers, the highest paid quarterbacks. I, I, can, I can imagine, I reckon even some offensive linemen are paid more than running backs these days. So in terms, in terms of that situation, you mentioned you wanted Russell to stay. I'm guessing you would have got rid of Pete. Um, in terms of his future, obviously he's not getting any younger age-wise, um, it hasn't been a good, really. Well, they, they won the division the year before last, but obviously now with Russell Wilson gone, quarterback mess. Not sure where DK Metcalf will stay or not. So, in terms of Pete Cowell, um, how long do you see him having left in the franchise, especially at the head coaching position? I hate to um, do the whole football soccer comparison for the fans here. I, I tried not to do it. Andy beat me to it. Um, <laughs> I think with it is very weird because Pete Carroll and Wenger are very similar in terms of what their style is, and they don't seem to embrace other styles. This year might be different because we have a new coordinator in that that brings a new scheme. But how long till Pete Carroll just says, "Okay, I'm done with this new scheme. We'll go back to the old one." It seems like that could happen. When we, we can get into like week seven. Pete Carroll's already changed something, um, it seems like. And I think that's what is kind of troubling for me when it comes to looking at Pete Carroll and also Wenger when he was at Arsenal was they don't seem to embrace other things. It's funny because the minute Pete Carroll will probably start to embrace kind of the newer game that the NFL has, the newer product that the NFL has, he'll definitely do better the way how Wenger did. Wenger got to the Champions League final in 2006 because he finally embraced tactics and finally changed his style. It was no longer 4-4-2. He needed to adapt to the opposition. He didn't do that at previous years. That's why Arsenal was so terrible in Europe. And I think... That's what Pete Carroll probably needs to do. I think he needs to embrace tactics. Not saying that he needs to fully embrace it, but, you know, show, I guess, a willingness to kind of saying that, you know, we're going to play differently this year. He might have to this year because the team is not good. So he would be able to kind of play his way with, you know, the best players. Back, you know, a few years back, we were able to do that because we had good players. We had, you know, all, we had all pros in the team. You know, we ha you have a Hall of Fame a potential Hall of Fame QB and Russell Wilson. Now, you don't have that. So are you going to play kind of that same style? I don't think you can. He probably will. But I think he definitely needs to embrace um, kind of, you know, the newer feel of the game. Because the game, you know, it's so different to what it was even five years ago. Now it's, you know, now it's, it's always changing. And we're seeing it through the finances, we're seeing it through the money in terms of who's getting paid and who's not. So I think if Pete doesn't do that, he could well be in trouble by next year. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's one of those things, again, going back to Pengo again, it was that thing of almost like trying to fire Elmo. It was that thing of where, you know, it's almost such a big a big figure in the in the team. In, he's obviously gone two Super Bowls in a row, 1-1, one, one, famously lost the other one. You know, it, and they've been a figure of consistency. They've been year after year playoff contenders. I don't think they've... Obviously, Russell Wilson had his first losing season um, in terms of in his whole career, and that's obviously a 10-year span, and that's... I think Pete Cowell was the unveil 2008, I want to say, and he's just been... He's been so good, and he's just been... He's brought that team from being absolutely nobodies, really, and he's transformed this team into being one of the biggest um, mainstays in terms of competitiveness in the playoffs. And I think that with what's happened with Russell Wilson, it may be just a year off like the Patriots had, but I do think that he is going to really struggle this year. I think they're really going to have a transitioning few years, unless he doesn't to change that, unless, you know, Kenneth Walker comes in and he is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be, and he becomes that workhorse, that one who's going to take them where they want to go. Um, of course, one player that might not be there is DK Metcalf, who is, is a consistent talk about him. I mean, I don't know how he feels. I mean, he's to me, I think he's top five wide receiver easily. I think he's got everything. He's got, he's got speed. He's got strength. He's got unbelievable arms. And I don't think there's anything he can't do, really, um, for me, personally, DK Metcalf. And I think that we're seeing these players who are going off. Some these players are now they they're wanting money, but they also want they want that legacy, they want that ring, they want to be successful. And I personally can't see him wanting to stay at Seattle if it's just going to be two three years of run first offense and four or five wins a season. So in terms of from your perspective, Javan, do you think that he will be at Seattle for the long term, or can you see him whether it's this year or next year requesting that trade? This is a troubling question. He's definitely the dual kind of of Seattle right now in terms of the, in terms of just how he plays, also in terms of um, you know where we obviously want to be in the future. He's obviously a big part of that. I don't know about. I don't know whether he really truly wants to stay. I feel like if you gave him the option to leave, he would definitely take that as early as possible. I will say from. A Seattle Seahawks fan perspective, if he was to stay, we need to give him a reason to. And the reason can't just be, we drafted you. Because um, loyalty is as good as dead in, in American sports these days. Um, so we obviously need to give him kind of an idea of where we're going to be. And I think the idea that we need to sell to DK is, you're going to be the guy in the next five years. And we need to cater to you rather than cater to the coach. I don't know whether that is possible right now, especially even next year. Next year would probably be even worse than we are this year if we're going to go into how the team might be shaped and stuff. But I want to um, put something here that it was really telling when I was actually looking at this earlier. And so this is as of May 2022. It may have changed now, but this was like as close as I could find. The top 100 athletes of this year earned 4.5 billion dollars in terms of salary. Out of the out of the 100, 41 newcomers, and nearly half of them were from the NFL. As huge signing drives like these new contracts, I feel, and I feel like DK can easily get into this list if he was just going to if he either 
signs, or he um, or he probably just you know gets traded and you know he goes after the titles and probably earns money while earning the titles. To be fair, because um, he would care. I feel like DK is a smart person. He would definitely carefully pick the team that he would want to go to. He wouldn't go to a team that is currently winning now, but may deteriorate in the next couple of years. You'll go to a project where, obviously, they're winning, but you want to keep, you want to stay competitive at the same time. Um, so with the whole Metcalf situation, it's going to be really telling. I, I do think the start of the season will play a huge role in that, in terms of the schedule, in terms of how we end up in terms of the standings and um, the wins and losses record. I think if it's really bad, then DK might be thinking, okay, this might not be the best place right now. I'm not really enjoying my fo- I'm not really enjoying my football. I'm not really enjoying my game. I want to go somewhere where I can enjoy my game. And a part of be- him being able to enjoy enjoy his game will be to have a talented QB, which we currently don't have. Yeah. Um, let's, so- let's get into that now. I mean. Drew Locke and Gina Smith are the two quarterbacks. I mean, all signs are pointing towards Locke, but it's not a, it's not a lock, no pun intended there. Um, it's not a guarantee who's going to be quarterback. So in terms of your point of view, Javan, um, who the hell starting the quarterback for Seattle Seahawks come, come week one when they, I, funny enough, they play Russell Wilson in, in week one? Neither, because I'll be starting. Um, <laughs> I, I do better job I, as well. <laughs> I I couldn't. I think it'll be locked definitely. But the the main question will be how short will their how short is their leash once they struggle? I think that will be telling. If you go with Gino, then you have to wait. How long will it get to the point where I will need to change? from Gina Smith to Drew Locke. If you look at Drew Locke, how long will I need to change from Drew Locke to Gina Smith? Um, so the caller situation, I would prefer Locke personally. He's definitely a lock in for me just because Gino is probably a less better placeholder than Drew Locke is currently right now. Um, although also with, with Drew Locke, I guess there's a certain unpredictability there which we might need uh, in certain games, um, in the games that we might win, or yeah, that we probably won't win, but we'll try to win at least, I guess, against maybe like the weak opposition, um, not not against you know the, the powerhouses in the NFL today. But with the QB situation, I think it's just more or less just getting every everybody acclimated for the next QB in terms of the front office, in terms of maybe the offense maybe. So you start um, so you start running so you start running plays that you might that you might put in the playbook for next year in case your new QB comes in. I, I'm assuming they're already looking at who they potentially could get and already watching their QB or the potential QBs and seeing, okay, this QB can do this. Why don't we start running plays this this type of play right now? So that when he the QB does come in, it's more second nature for him, and he kind of already has the familiarity of um, certain plays in the playbook. But for me, um, if it were up to me, I'd be starting. But I'm not because um, because I don't have the infallibility of a Drew Lock, and he's not even really that good. So Drew Lock would be starting for me. <laughs> I mean, we we've, we've seen the Trey Hawks, the, the, the Trey Hawks, the Seahawks. We've seen them. Um, 
trade for uh, players this season. We saw Jamal Adams go from the lowly Jets to the Seahawks this season. Almost the opposite of what DK Metcalf may do when he get, when he leaves Seahawks for a winning team, which Seattle were at the time. Um, obviously, the name that's been thrown around is Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he's had the whole injury issue. He seems to be clear of that now. Um, do you see potentially maybe Seattle, you know, if it's not going well the first five weeks, I mean, it is a tough schedule. It's very tough, especially down the stretch. Um, so do you see maybe them getting in Jimmy Guapo even maybe maybe before the season starts, maybe even once he's definitely clear of injury, then get him in? Or do you think they'll just go for someone in the draft next year? I think you would need to go someone. You need to go for somebody in the draft. Because I think with Jimmy, the problem with that is if you do get him, at one point you may need to commit to him. And then the front office will need to ask themselves, is this going to be the guy who can take us to challenging? Because right now, we want to get back into the playoff hunt. Jimmy can take Seattle to the playoff hunt, but he will need a lot of things to get uh, to be in his favour. We need a lot of things for it to work in order for the Seahawks to get into serious playoff contention. And I don't know if that's probably the right thing to do, given the fact that where I personally would like the Seahawks to head into, which is a complete rebuild, a complete structure. We, we're in... I wouldn't say we're in desperate need of one, but we need to start seeing some elements of change into kind of the new era, which is what, which is why I was just confused that, uh, you know, um, Russell was just wasn't kept and Pete Carroll was. Um, but in terms of the Jimmy G, um, you know, bringing them in, I, I wouldn't mind it personally, but it's a thing of, I would have to accept that this is, he's going to be there and we'll need to commit to him because he'll want to be committed to. Yeah, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's probably not in a... He's probably in the best position right now that he could be in terms of that team he was in. That was the best position for him in terms of how, how, they, how they were schemed up and how sort of the offence played. And I do think that he was... He now is at a point where maybe he does want... After all the confusion with the whole trade-down situation, I think he, want, he wants stability... And I think someone like Houston could go from next year if Davis Mills isn't the guy, but I think he is the guy. Um, and I think that even someone like Tampa Bay when Tom Brady goes, but I think it's hard to tell because he's he wasn't happy being the backup to Tom Brady. And I don't think he'd be happy being Trey Lance's backup, but he won't want to go to a team where it's going to be unsure whether they're going to have him long term or not. So I I think personally I would choose Seattle. I I don't think cause purely because of who's there. And he'd know that he'd be, at least for a year or two, the main guy. I think maybe that's something for a short-term fix he might like rather than being the backup at, at um, you know, backup at San Francisco or even a start somewhere else where it is only a one-year thing. So we'll see on that one. Um, but our final segment, as you all know by now, is the record predictor. So we will ask every fan their prediction of every game, whether it's a win, loss or tie. So week one, the aforementioned Russell Wilson derby. At home to the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is a loss, and he's going to come with a vengeance, and we are going to get smoked. Yeah, I think that, you know, we see Russell Wilson, we mentioned that run for soft offense. There was all that talk about letting him cook and 
sort of that one year, a couple of years ago, where he was cooking, and then Picao went back to that old system you mentioned before, and his completion attempts went down massively. So I think now he's a team where it's going to be pass heavy. I know it's a new head coach who's not been a head coach before, but he was Rogers' offensive coordinator for two years. He was MVP. Um, so I think that if there's anyone that's going to get him to be that team cooking on offense with Russell Wilson, I think they've got the guy there. Um, week two, we just mentioned this team uh, on the roads, the 49ers. This is a loss too, but I think it'll be a narrow one just because the the emotion. The, the, I, I just feel the emotion for the 49ers game will be less than the Denver one. The Denver one will tend to, I believe, be a bit of an emotional. Um, emotional game. Carroll will definitely want to stick it to Wilson, but I think he'll try too hard in week one, whereas week two, week two will just be status quo. Week three, back at home, this time against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this is a win, but not one that I guess we should be proud because it's two kind of, I guess, teams that are kind of struggling right now. Um, so yeah, I'll go over a win for week three. Well, hopefully, I'm, I'm going to be there for that game, so I'm hoping it is a good game. I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting much, but you never know. Some of these games that aren't, aren't good on paper, um, you know, they end up being great games. So I think that, you know, I think that and the, the Jags against the Giants, so that's not going to be pretty either. But I think this one could be an absolute stinker. But it's my first day or second day I'm going to be in America. So um, it'll be my first game I go to as well. So and that stadium's amazing. I mean, we've got it on our cover art for the podcast. I mean, it's such a good stadium. I'm looking forward to, to um, seeing that one. And I'm hopeful it's a good game. Uh, week four, on the road to the Detroit Lions. This is a loss. I actually like the Lions as well, mm. so I'd probably want them to win personally. Um, week five, on the road again, this time against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is a loss too. Um, I guess with that... Week five, by week five, we could be zero and five, which is re- which would be really really bad for morale, atmosphere of like you know the locker room. Um, this could be a game we could win, but I'm not too I'm not too sure because I I just think this I just think we're just due for an ugly start. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> week six at home, the Arizona Cardinals. With all kind of movies now, then obviously signing his new deal, so that whole whole mess is behind them now. So, um, what's this one going to happen? All right, this is this one's going to be a win, and I'm going to oh, tell you think? why that I'm going to tell you why that is. So, we as NFL fans will all will will ha- will watch a game every year where there's definitely a favorite, but they don't win, and for me. When I looked at the schedule, this was probably the one game that I look at and be like, we shouldn't win this game, but we'll probably win it. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of the NFL noise, is that, you know, these every, every game matters, first of all. But you do see these shots. Look at the Jags beating the Bills last year. The Steelers beating the Bills as well. And you see all these shocks that happen. Throughout the year, I mean, us beating the Ravens was a shock as well, and that was one of my favorite games of the whole of last year. So, um, yeah, you never know. Obviously, NFC West rivals they know what to expect with Arizona as well, they play them twice a year. So, yeah, I think you never, you never know. You never know. Week seven on the road to the Los Angeles Chargers. This is definitely a loss just because I just suspect that the offense that um LA has is just going to be outrageous. 
and I just I just don't see how they won't be able to score literally a thousand points. Yeah, I, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I know they're in a hard division, but I think if there's no playoff appearance from the Chargers this year, then I think something would have drastically gone wrong. And I think that I've actually done an article on this actually literally last night about the Chargers about the fact that it's a they got to make the next step. That like, same for Herbert, same for Brandon Staley. They got to try and make that next step because Herbert can't go into a third year and not make the playoffs again. I mean, it would certainly put Brandon Staley on the hot seat for the 2023 season. If he doesn't make, I, I don't know because I look at okay. Last year, I look at them as just very unfortunate. This year, it's basically more of the same thing. They're just in a totally tight division. They'll if they get into the playoffs, they're the luck is going to be crazy because one of the teams in that division has to be poor. I don't know. I think they're all going to get winning seasons. I think I think the fact that they will play each other will, you know, will be a thing. But I, I just think that, I think three teams will make it out rather than four. Uh, but that, that conference is so strong, you know. I think, I think we'll see maybe eight or nine wins um, from one team and then maybe... 10 wins, no, maybe 11 wins, and one team maybe gets 13 wins or something. But I said the Chargers, they were strong enough last year, and they just missed out, really, in that crazy last game. Um, and they've added Khalil Mack, they've added JC Jackson, you know, Justin Herbert's Her- 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 only going to get better. Um, Austin Eckler's going to get better. It's another year in that system, so it's another year to get used to it. Brandon Staley, I mean, I'm not a fan of the aggressive approach he takes. Uh, I'm a bit more of a conservative fan myself, but he, I, I admire his cojones and I admire his, he sticks to what he likes to do. So I think the Chargers, if they don't make the playoffs, it's an absolute travesty. I can't, I can't see them not making the playoffs personally. I think they're, I think they could make it all the way to the championship game. I really do. I, th- I believe in them that much. Uh, team, are they the best team? Would they be the best team to not make the first ever? Or, I don't know. I mean, there's like one year actually, they was they the best offence and the best defence and didn't make the playoffs. I think it was a time oh, yeah. season, I think it was before my time, but um, I think obviously, I think, you know, I think there'll be a lot of teams will be in that category. You know, you've got the Bills who you should make it, then you've got the Dolphins and Patriots, they're going to be strong. Ravens, um, Bengals, they're going to be strong. If the Sean Watson plays the entire year, the Browns are going to be strong. Steelers, transition period. Colts and Titans, great coaching in both sides. Then Matt Ryan's just joined. Derrick Henry's there for the Titans. Then you've got that, all that four teams. So it's going to be at least two of the teams that aren't going to make it. And I really can't decide. I'm really, I've been thinking about this, my predictions for the whole of the off-season in terms of all that upcoming predictions episode will do. And I, I just I just can't pick. It's so hard. But um, yeah, I, I, I think the Chargers will do well. Right, week eight. Back at home, this time against the New York Giants. This is a win, particularly with the Giants being just, I, I just don't think they're really that good this year. So I think we should be winning that comfortably. <laughs> yeah. Um, week nine on the road. Once again, see, you're playing the Cardinals. See, this this is a loss because I've set this up perfectly. If we win in game, if we win in week six, the revenge that the Cardinals are going to want to exact is going to be ridiculous. So I think this will be a loss on this one because Kylo will probably be angry. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you can actually um, perform. Uh, week 10, at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, uh, This is going to be a loss. I just think this is a game that 
it, it's classic. It's just classic Brady, really. Yeah, I think I, I think Buccaneers with everyone back fit, they're going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with, and I think they'll be you know twelve, thirteen win team. Um, week 11 to bye week. So week 12 is at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a loss too because I um something about the something about Devontae Adams uh, it, in Seattle just just there just it just doesn't sit right. <laughs> um, into I I just think the the mismatch wise. Um, I didn't get into this earlier, but our cornerback position is one I'm very concerned with so yeah. he will definitely expo- exploit that yeah with Darren Waller as well you know Hunter Renfro you know it's it's just a scary team and I I, I think you know, I think if they were in any other division they'd be a 13 win team but the fact that we're yep. in that division I think I think they could be the ones to fall guys I, I just think they could be the ones that miss out um, week 13 on the road once again to SoFi Stadium, but this time against the Rams. No, I just think that's a definite loss too. The Rams are well Super Bowl champs. Um, obviously, um, div- um, division game too, and I just think in division games, I I like the way ra- the Rams approach division games. I've never really seen them, you know, I've never really seen them. Be I, I guess of course they're like they've had division games that probably lost, but I, I've never seen them in division games that where they don't give their all. They really seem to like division games, especially the Seattle games. Yeah, I, I think the Rams personally for me, I think will be them or the Bucks in the Super Bowl representing the NFC. I think that maybe the Packers if they if Watson's as good as he looks on paper. Um, yeah. Week fourteen, newly with new quarterback. Carolina Panthers, you face at home. Uh, this is going to be a win too. Um, so with that one, I just think that the Pan- I just think that with the Panthers, they'll get that they'll get to a point where they just accept that the season's done, and it will just kind of just be a normal game between two teams, really. And week Not really 15... much added to it. <laughs> uh, week fifteen at home to the San Francisco 49ers. This is probably going to be a loss because I suspect. So with Trey Lance, I just think this. So I actually think he might struggle in his first couple of games. He might be, and then he could go from struggle to mixed in the midweek. But then towards the end, I think he'll come through once everything's kind of in place and he's kind of got used to everything. So I think he might have a like a coming up game come week fifteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, week 16 on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> definite, definite loss. I hate Arrowhead as it is. Um, I, I think, obviously, phenomenal place, uh, but the atmosphere is just going to be too much, and I just think that's just going to be a definite loss, just regardless of a- anything that could happen in there. Just definite loss. And then week 17, the penultimate game at home to the New York Jets. This is, well, definite win, but only because the Jets are... Probably the worst team in the league right now. Oh, I don't know. I think they're the best draft, in my opinion. I think they had a spectacular draft. I don't. I, I. I think they had a good draft too, but I can't. I can't ignore what happened last year okay. with the whole Zach with the whole Zach Wilson thing. I think just with the Jets, it's it's just the Jets, really. It, it, their, their culture just seems to be 
not a losing culture, but it just seems to be a culture just very off. Like they're in New York, but they're not the best team in New York. I don't like, but I I think it'll be a definite win, but only just because I'm not really a, I'm not really a fan of the Jets at all. Well, hopefully Zach Wilson, you know, and he's had a lot of negative publicity recent recently. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that they're doing everything they can to surround him with weapons and protection, and I think that. I think I think they're going. I think they're probably two years too early in their rebuild to do be a playoff contender. But I think certainly they'll be. I reckon a six seven win team this year. I think they'll get a few wins under their belt this year. And I think they're they got they're what they're ones for the future. I think um, as much as I hate to say that, I think they will be a team to watch out for in twenty twenty seven. Let's say um, <laughs> finally week eighteen at home to the Los Angeles Rams. I reckon this will be a loss too because I suspect that in the division it will be a kind of neck and neck between the Rams and the Cardinals and I just think the Rams will go into the game kind of make, not needing the win but the win will be significant for them because it might tip them over it might over might take them over Arizona. Well, that is the end that gives you what is so far our lowest prediction record was five and twelve. I mean that. Beats the seven and ten Panther records that Keg predicted on our Panthers preview. I mean, we've got Jeff Reinbold on later on for the Raiders one. I can't see him having less, <laughs> less than five wins for the Raiders. So you've got the current record, and I think that you know at the moment that stands as our lowest prediction so far. So that is, we had some optimistic fans predicting like eleven wins for their team when they're nowhere near that. But I do like the honesty and realism. I like the um, just um, you know. Facing the reality that they're not a very good season. So, um, I mean, it's, it's been about time for me. I've been a Seahawks fan for, oh gosh, like 10 years now. Um, oh, the highs and the lows, the highs and the yeah, lows there. But this is probably our lowest, like, yeah. this is probably the lowest it will be. And it's it's when I'm getting older as well. I thought. I, I thought we'd I thought we'd I thought we'd be way better than this by the time I turned twenty two. Um it's gonna be a long season. All I'll just say is um for the Seahawks defense, just don't allow the opponents to just air it out and get crazy score lines. Like I don't want to be seeing fifty two to three at <laughs> weeks at week seven or something. Um God, I, I remember having that I think we lost fifty two ten to the Ravens and then lost forty two nothing or for it in that 29 season that was just awful first two weeks that was just one of the worst things i've ever seen i i just don't i just don't want that to happen so like because we're in a to put it in short we're kind of in a difficult spot in terms of do we are we accepting that we're middle of the pack trying to go after playoff contention or middle of the pack going for a rebuild and what i don't Want the see what I don't want the Seahawks front office to do is to think right as of now, currently, we're middle of the pack trying to go into playoff contention. I think we should stay competitive, but know the bigger picture here. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that is the end of the podcast. So thank you, Javan, for coming on. Um, do check out his Twitter work so you can find him at, at BJavan. We will put it on our Twitter post anyway. You're part of a podcast called Talk Your Talk, which is all things British version of football. Um, so do check that out as well. Check that out. Uh, both obviously, we now both write for the same website for Pro Football Mania. So do check out our work on there as well. But thank you, Joanne, for coming on. That's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on once again. My pleasure being on here. No worries at all. And we will see you guys for the next episode, which is The Raiders with Jeff Reinbold. 
See you then.